Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases, and they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. everybody and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Hi everyone welcome today we are talking about insurance Um, and I know we promised you guys last episode we were going to get into this more because this is a huge topic on our private group this is a huge topic anywhere dealing with insurers insurance companies whether it's private whether it's public whether it's government Uh, we hate to say it but they're all the same when it comes down to it. So we have some general tips um, from our personal experiences on how to deal with your insurers and how to make the most out of your experience with them, how to get the most that you can and how to just be smart um, when dealing with your insurer because we have personally learned a lot from this and we have a lot to offer. Um, So we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to talk about the latest happenings in our lives. Elena, what did you get up to this weekend? Um, this weekend, Dan and I unpacked some boxes. <laughs> we ah. were- <laughs> Remember that I sent Brooke a, a photo of our current kitchen situation. And right now we've got like a fold out table as the counter until the counter, the, the island comes in. So we've been, we've been making mousing things for, I guess, since we moved in. And is this an accessible wheelchair accessible island that you guys are expecting? Yes. So it's like, it's an interesting design because the island has the cupboard space and then the island transitions into like the dining room table where you can put bar stools. So it's like, oh, one, nice. yeah, it's like one long piece basically. So then Dan has like a workstation for all his cooking videos and quad chefing around. And then also, um, That's going to be our dining room table as well. So it's just one big piece. We still live in like an apartment, like a condo. So even though it's double the size of our old place, (laughs) um, we our living room and kitchen area is not huge. So this will be interesting. I'm sure the quad chef will share lots of little tips and tricks on what he's doing there. 
But Sounds amazing. And for everybody that um, didn't listen to the last episode or the episode um, uh, episodes previous, Elena just moved recently to a wheelchair accessible condo for the first time, a truly accessible condo for the first mm-hmm. time since her partner's injury five years ago. So it's pretty exciting. And you're still kind of, you know, picking up all the loose ends and organizing things, et cetera. Yeah, that's just the way it is, right? So Dan's parents came out and worked so, so, so hard all weekend long. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we worked from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. They organized, you know, all the pantry, helped us put stuff away, hung up mirrors and things and actually hung them up properly. Not Elena hanging up a mirror, which is like two random screws and how many holes in the wall sort of thing. And then, um, so that was really nice to see. Like you and I talk about this all the time, but how nice is it to have somebody else come in and do some of the handiwork for you? You know, now that our partners are quadriplegics, they can't really do this stuff anymore. Yeah. You need like a shelf hung up or you just, yeah. You know, you need like that extra pair of hands to hold something, to do something. So his dad was literally like dripping sweat all weekend, doing all sorts of projects for us, like fixing up the backyard, you know, Um, he like installed shelving in the laundry room. They brought us our, our washer and dryer that we just bought, like just stuff like that, that there's no way I would have been able to do that. And the amount of organization for a new move, you know, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were so, so, so lucky and so fortunate to have that because like you and I always say, it's always nice to have an extra, you know, extra body in the house to, to be able to do these things properly. Yeah. And shout out to Dan's parents. If you're listening, thanks for your help. And also <laughs> yeah. shout out to all of the friends and the family members that uh, mm-hmm. pull their weight as far as helping with that kind of stuff. Like, honestly, yes. like we've had episodes in the past before we talk about like how you can help, how you can actually help. And these are the things that, you know, if you can't contribute financially to your friend or family member and you can't help them with some money uh, to assist them with an equipment or anything, If you are a handyman or someone who likes to organize or clean, my goodness, that is literally the best thing that you can do. I honestly, like I remember our strata manager came and installed a shelf for me properly. Uh, This was like a year ago and he like hung it properly. He used a stud finder. He used a drill. He (laughs) used like little holder things that kept it in place so that you can rest heavier things on it. Things that I would never be able to do. And it's like my partner would have been able to do that before his injury. And so it's just so helpful. It's crazy because it's, you know, you don't, you don't really realize it until you're like, Oh my God, I, The worst part was when we were moving out and Dan's cousins were taking some of the shelving out that I had installed, quote unquote, installed. And (laughs) it left like two knee size holes in the in the wall from uh, from basically where the screws were that I put in these butterfly clips on the other side of the wall with like these Mm -hmm. crazy long screws. So after that, it was pretty horrifying, you know, and I don't know. I feel like living the single girl lifestyle before I would hang like little pictures with like my earrings or something, you know, like the stud of an earring, just put it on the wall and I would hold my picture frames and stuff. So it's like, this is not my forte. And it's, and I mean, good for, good for anybody who loves to do handiwork, who is the partner the quad wife or para wife. Well, good for you. It's just not, not I. <laughs> and that's also like that's it, it's just it's not my forte either like using power tools and doing things properly but I know that there's a lot of wags out there who have posted about how it's such a cool opportunity for them to learn this kind of stuff um it's like a silver lining of the accident because now they know how to do all this stuff like they mm-hmm. take interest in it and they like doing it and I'm always like kind of jealous I'm like oh I wish I liked or was comfortable doing that <laughs> kind of stuff <laughs> yeah I know I saw somebody recently like installing a light fixture I was like, that girl deserves a martini. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know, that's cool. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This weekend, we, uh, we did some nature exploring. We have this trail that we've been going to every weekend that it's actually accessible. So we've been going every week and getting out in nature and, um, funny story yesterday, we went to the beach. Um, for those of you who don't know Vancouver, there's a, we're a beachfront community pretty much. We're a port city and there is a beach 
called Spanish Banks, Jericho Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Evan and I went there on Sunday to Suntan and he was studying and I was uh, reading my book. And we were there for a couple hours and it was awesome with our dog and it was super fun and got, got some sun on. And then when we were ready to leave, I was packing everything up and Evan was just sitting there staring at the parking lot. And I was like, what are you doing? And I was like Mm. packing up the blanket and (laughs) this is so bad. I don't even know why I'm like lighthearted about this, but this is an interesting story. He was looking at the handicap parking spot right beside ours and a guy drove up a big muscle dude with a with a hot girlfriend and a small dog um Mm. got out of their chevy their lowered chevy um and evan was like brooke that girl literally mouthed to her partner partner we're parking in a handicap stall and he looked at her and shrugged whatever and they wow. grabbed their dog. Oh. They grabbed their, and it, literally Evan was 12 feet away from them watching this. They grabbed the dog, locked the car up, and then walked to the beach. That's crazy. Yeah. And Evan was like, talk about an exercise in frustration. He was like, uh, yes. so, yeah. he was just like, wow, this literally happened right in front of me. And ugh, I was so annoyed because I had, we just got the car detailed and I had taken out my for the love of parking stickers like no. that you're supposed to put on the windshield I know I was so upset because I was like oh I'm just gonna put Rebecca's stickers on the their windshield and just say you're parking like a punk you yeah. know head to yeah. for the love of parking to see why and take a photo yeah. but <clears throat> I had not put them back in the car yet so I didn't have them it was so unfortunate and we called the parking enforcement and they were closed for the weekend because it was it's a parks board that takes care of it and they were closed so I was like, you know what? They'll get their karma in some other way because Evan yeah, was like, wasn't we need to report to this. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. That is a really, I love that you said it was a really good practice and frustration because it's like, what do you do? You know, I mean, yeah, what do you do anything? What do you, what's she going to do about it? I mean, sometimes I'm like, I wish I had some, like a carton of rotten eggs in my car, <laughs> in my trunk. I know <laughs> you, you get those thoughts flashing through your mind. You're like, Oh, I want to do something. But then you realize that it's just not worth it. And I said to Evan, no. we were driving back. I was like, you know, it's hard because you want to educate them. You want to say something, but it's just when you're farther away or you don't like, I wasn't watching the situation happen. I just saw them walking away. I saw the two of them walking away after he had seen everything happen. So I said to Evan, I was like, you know what I would have done if I would have seen this happening? I would have calmly walked up to them and been like, Hey guys, super, super nice. Like kill them with kindness. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know, like, you know, we're parked right next to you. That's a handicap stall. I know there's no parking. Uh, I know it's a busy day, but that's my husband over there. And he had this accident when he was 24. He was a big guy like yourself. He liked working out. He was a normal Mm -hmm. dude. And this happened to him, a freak accident at his job. And, you know, this, now he's in a wheelchair. And I just want you to know that when you park in stalls like this, um, you affect people that are just normal dudes like you and just want to go to the beach and be able to park and get to, the beach just like you're doing right now and just like enlighten him and just be super kind and Evan was like oh damn I wish we would have done that or I wish I would have done that and so we just kind of drove away but it's it is such a good exercise in frustration because you realize that like you can't change the world you can't change people's minds so for whatever reason I'm sure something must have happened to him or will happen to him as far as him learning that you can't park there hopefully I don't know (laughs) well the thing is the thing about that also is like it's a tricky situation because it's like, do you get up and walk over to them? And then I, I know people kind of feel like they're getting accosted when somebody just like walks up to them, but that is the best way to do it is yeah. explain, explain what is happening. Like, like you said, without being angry, totally. You don't have to be rude or angry because a lot of the time people just don't know, or maybe they don't realize or nobody's ever explained to them or, you know, even though it seems like common knowledge, it's like, I think that part of the problem is, is that people think that like, oh, nobody ever parks in these spots because they don't see anybody parking in those spots. Maybe I don't know. Right. So it's like, it's good to kind of just be like, Hey, you know what? It'd be really great. If like you said, my husband is just wants to do what you're doing. Somebody's going to come along. They, they're going to want to just go to the beach, enjoy it. Like, like what you're doing, you know, which is like a pretty typical, 
I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a right access is a right for everybody. And we're having such a hard time with that. Hence why don't park like a punk exists. And um, yeah. So shout out to Rebecca, our ambassador, Rebecca in California with for the love of parking. If you haven't already checked her out, um, check out her Instagram account for the love of parking. Yeah, she is a really big advocate for parking and she has those stickers and those uh, those postcards available that you can just uh, message her on Instagram and she'll send some to you. She also sells t-shirts and percussors, um, but she's doing a lot for parking. So make sure you visit her website or make sure you, you give her a shout out um, on her Instagram. She's an awesome girl. Um, but yeah, Rebecca, I'm so sorry. I was so disappointed. If you're listening, I was so disappointed I didn't have my stickers, but whatever, it's a new day. Um, that This story hopefully will help somebody that is listening i'm not yeah, sure yeah that's all we can hope for sometimes it's not meant to be right sometimes it's not meant to be to address a punk parker yeah for sure for sure well so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're both excited we're both excited about talking yeah. about insurance today yay <laughs> those assholes no yeah <laughs> yeah yes and no we're thankful for insurance because they give uh, they allow us to have certain things that we would not be able to afford um uh, if if we didn't have them so it's kind of like yeah. a yeah. love dislike situation going on for a lot of us. And I know this is a huge topic on the private group and a huge topic um, on Instagram is we hear stories all the time about people, women who have had chances to get something from insurance and then they've been denied or they haven't asked properly or insurance has used something against them so they can't get something that they need or they uh, aren't aware of what they can get. Um, so we wanted to do this this quick episode with some solid tips to help you guys navigate your insurance claims, um, whether it's yeah. public, private, government. They're all the same. All those programs are the same. They're all designed to provide you with the basic minimums. Right. Um, and just basically, like I always say, they want you to survive, not thrive. Um so if you really understand that, you can navigate them so much better because these guys, as nice as they may seem, they're not your friend. However, there are certain ways that you can navigate this to get more of your uh, get more out of your insurance plan and get the maximum of what you qualify for and just make sure you have all of your bases covered so that you are well versed in your specific plan. And you know how to navigate it because like, like I said earlier, they're not your friend. These people, these case managers, they're just doing their job and they're working with a set of policies that are like the Bible to them. Like they can't go outside of those policies um, unless you challenge them. Well, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point though, is that they're just doing their job too. So as, as right. So you have to be nice. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're people too, you know? Um, But Yeah. Talk about another exercise in frustration dealing with <laughs> your case managers yes. is is a good it's a good way to test yourself as far as killing them with kindness because if something is going not your way and you're getting you know you're not getting what you need or they're not responding to your phone calls which is so common but everybody out there needs to understand that these are tools that are taught to them. They're taught to avoid things. They're taught to not follow up on certain things. They're taught to push things to the wayside because at the end of the day, this saves them money. This saves them the bottom that line. Would, that would be a pretty hard job though. Don't you think? Like I feel it's like, how do you not respond to people? Yeah. I mean, I have literally gone over this in my head a thousand times over the years because at the beginning of my partner's injury, I was just like, how do these people sleep at night? Like, I was just kind of like, how do they, how do they sleep at night? But at the end of the day, they, they think that they're helping. They're doing their best. And, you know, I've had friends try and apply for jobs at the insurance uh, company that my partner and I are are covered under. And they all think the same thing. Oh, if I work there, maybe I can make a real difference. Maybe I can help things to change. And it's like, oh, I don't think that's the case. I think that it's like they're big business, right? Even the government plans, they're big business. All of it is. The hospital system is a big business too. Right. You know, right. The medical system is a big business. People are making a lot of money from it. And 
it serves a purpose. We're very grateful for it. We really are, right? So we're grateful. We just have to be smart about it. We have to be smart about how we navigate this. And we have to just know our rights and know what is and isn't possible. And we have to learn that for ourselves. You know what? One of the most important things I learned in university was critical thought, being able to take information and come up with your own thoughts around the information and what you accept as your truth and what you accept as the real information that's valuable, not necessarily just what somebody says, right? So it's kind of like that too. It's like, do your own research, have a look into things. And I know that recently we were talking to a WAG of SEI, one of our ambassadors, and she's dealing with insurance right now herself, which is, I think, what prompted us to like, hey, let's do a podcast about this again. And she just doesn't know. She doesn't know what mm-hmm. what their rights, what their coverage is or anything. Mm-hmm. And we keep on saying, you need to contact somebody. You need to figure out, first of all, who is your insurance company? Who do you talk to? Right. That's mm-hmm. step one. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? And Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things that you can be covered for that. I mean, I didn't know that we're not dealing, we have private insurance, but things like a standing frame, things like wheelchair repairs, things like, you know, catheters, supplies, figure out who, who's the person that, that you need to talk to, to see what you can have covered because there, there is always somebody. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I think that people like, especially if you're right at the start of an injury or like you're within a year of the injury, like let's just, okay, let's just start from the beginning. So find out who your insurance company is, who covers you. Um, If you don't have private insurance, find out who the public body is that is covering you. Um, Everywhere has one. There's government programs, there's foundations. So find out who you talk to. And I would say we've had we've had a lot of WAGs that have, especially in the States, gone to their hospital and asked their hospital for assistance. But here's the thing, there's a lot of conflict of interest involved in that. Um, Especially, you know, we've spoken to our lawyer, Robin Wishart, about this, and she's like, listen, the insurance companies in the States are tied in with the hospitals, and you don't really want to go there first. You want to find out who your company is and speak to them directly and make sure that you're recording conversations, writing things down, or tracking them over email. Because what happens is, you know, they are a business they will use what you say against you, whether it's now or whether it's in the long term. So sometimes when you're in like the first initial stages of this injury, you're freaking out, you say things that you shouldn't have. So make sure that you're recording things, make sure that you're aware that everything you say could be used against you. So, you know, I know a lot of lawyers say that, but it is actually true. And I've experienced it firsthand where I've said something under stress or duress and they've come back and used it against me. Um, And this happens with any insurance, even government programs. So with all of them with the same goal is just, they want to give you as little as possible to make sure that you survive and not just, and not thrive. So, so make sure that you know who your insurance is, make sure that you request to have your policy book. Every insurance company has a policy book. Every insurance company has a set of policies. Sometimes they're different. So if you have a private plan, make sure you have your specific private plan insurance book in front of you and make sure you read it cover to cover. Make sure that you also go onto your insurer's website um, or get directed to their webpage where their policies are at. Every insurance company, government, private, they have a manual or a set of policies that they govern by, whether it's their employees, whether it's your coverage, make sure that you have that available so you can look at it. And if you're not someone that thinks that they're capable of reading these things cover to cover and understanding it, because they have some language in there that is really hard to understand a lot of gray areas, it's worth it to go to a lawyer. And the reason I say that is because you Mm -hmm. don't want to have this come back and haunt you. You don't want to have three years pass and you're past the date where you can get certain things. And because you didn't understand a policy or because most importantly, you didn't have access to the policy. You didn't even know it existed. You missed out on something huge for yourself and your partner. Um, something that could be life-changing. And when I say this, like this is something that happens all the time. Um, People miss out on things. People don't see things. People aren't aware because insurance will not tell you what you need. You have to find that out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, these are some really good 
I really, really like that you said read from cover to cover, read your policy book, because that's something that um, I think that only you can get that knowledge, right? So you need to know what you're dealing with firsthand. And, and um, you know, I know that you guys have a different policy system, but Dan and I have even gone through setting up our own, uh, the Cecil Care, which is like your own help basically that you have come in your own uh, carings and the same thing it's like fighting with them to do the assessment for how many hours we get in the first place to do the time task analysis there's always a mix of information somebody will say one thing and then the book will say something else and then somebody else will say something else so a lot of the time the people that you're dealing with don't even know exactly what the policies are Right. And and they tell you things to either get you to go away um, or get you to be complacent or or to to kind of shut you up. You know, um, they yeah, they'll say sure. things to get you to kind of go away. And the reason they do that is because they make a lot of money by you going away. They keep a lot of money in their pockets. That is their goal, to keep money in their pockets. Um, and it doesn't matter. Government is the same. They get a budget from the federal government. They get a, a budget you know, years before that they have to stick to. And with that comes denials. With that comes, they want to shush you away or say yes to something right away without knowing that you can get more or receive more. Um, So they want you to agree to something right away. So, I mean, it's a little bit different with like, let's just say you were involved in an accident where it wasn't your fault. Of course, you're going to have a lawyer working on this. Um, But if something happens where it's just a freak accident and you're covered, um, but it wasn't necessarily someone else's fault, there's still so much that you qualify for just by being insured. Um, And, you know, when I remember looking at, because we had government and we had my partner's private insurance that was covered through his work that I was insured under as well for extended health benefits. And I remember reading through that and I was so confused. I literally was like, okay, there's nothing about this. There's nothing about that. There were so many things that I thought were missing. So what I did was I went to every company, like, let's just say you have a company that you get benefits through your partner's company at work. You have private medical insurance. Every company has a benefit coordinator or someone that coordinates the benefits because it's a huge thing. They don't just go to like a big, you know, blue cross and say, here, this is our company. Um, Let's get insured through your, let's insure our employees through you and, and opt in. And then that's it. They have someone either at their office or an independent claims administrator person that is in charge of these benefits because they're so complicated and they need to be, you know, they need to be sorted. So I went through the benefits administrator, which was a separate company that literally all they do is deal with benefits for the construction industry. They're the middleman. And I literally met up with her. I called her. I have a huge email thread from her that explained what exactly we get and why. So Make sure that you look into that. Make sure that you look into and see if there is a middleman, someone that is impartial, someone that has no ties to the insurance company that either works for your partner's company um, or is independent that can help you or go to a lawyer. Because, you know, that $1,000 that it'll take, five dollars to $100 to $1,000 that it'll take to pay a lawyer to go through um, and look at your benefits is going to be so worth it because they have your back. You're paying them, right? Right. And a lot of lawyers will do it for free as well. There's a lot of lawyers out there that are available that do this kind of work pro bono that want to help disabled people navigate these, um, these things. So make sure you look into those resources because you need someone independent. Don't just trust that your insurance has your, your needs um, in mind because they truly do not. Uh, I'm sorry to be harsh, but but they don't. Mm-hmm. So well, and also make sure that you contact our lawyer, Robin Wishart with Wishart Brain and Spine Law, if you do need extra assistance or you just need somebody yeah. to sort of have your back and send out a letter for your request, whatever it is, or you just need somebody to help you out. So we have that uh, on our resource page on our uh, website www.wagsofsei.com and you can always send us an email wagsofsei at gmail.com and we will hook you up because we want the best for you and so does Robin Wishart. Yeah, um, and she obviously is really passionate about um, just helping you in general and just 
She knows the legal terminology. She knows kind of like what language to use and what to not use. Um, So definitely reach out. She's our resource. We love her. She's helped us so much with our private um, our private cases. So, okay, let's talk about after you have all the policies, after you've read and understood all the policies, after you have all of them as a, as your reference, what do you do? Well, I think the next thing that I would say from my personal experience is make sure that you say as little as possible over the phone or over email, because again, everything can be said against you. Everything can be used against you. So make sure that you're, even if you're talking to them on the phone, just be like, okay, I'll get back to you on that. Okay, thank you for that information. I'll get back to you on that. Make sure that you do that a lot because you're protecting yourself in the end and you're not giving them anything to fuel their fodder. So if you're just very impartial and say, okay, thank you, I will get back to you. Okay, thank you. Also request things in writing. In most insurance companies, actually all insurance companies have a policy that when they make a decision on something or when they're chatting with you or when they do something, anything, they're tracking it in their system. Ask them to provide you with a document in writing. Um, And I know this has been another thing that we get countless emails about is like people don't even know they have a right to have a decision in writing. So sometimes what will happen is they'll give you that decision over the phone and you'll say, okay, and then they won't even give it to you in writing. They'll just move on and hope that you do the same. That's another way. Yeah, that's always happens. Right. That's another way they make money. So every time you're dealing with something like that, where you discuss something that is favorable or unfavorable, make sure you don't get into details, just ask for it in writing. And they are mandated that they have to, in good faith, provide you with their decision in writing. And the good thing about getting some sort of a decision communication in writing is A, you have it on file in writing. You can give it to your lawyer or you can keep it for yourself and you have that. And then B, They'll always cite, especially if this is a decision letter, they are mandated to cite policies where they got their decision from. So they will cite which policies they're using to make their decision. Why is this important? This is important because you take that decision and you take that policy and that is what you use for your appeal. And we've done um, an appeal podcast in the past. I believe it was like in the 20s, episode 20 or 22. I'm not sure. It's on our website. But we did a whole episode on on appeals. So we won't get into that right now. But using that as your fuel to craft an appeal and use the points that they use to work with your lawyer to do an appeal or do an appeal on your own is imperative. So you have to have it to begin with. You have to have it in writing to begin with. You right. can also get a lot of information Um, from letters. So like, let's just say you're confused about where they're getting their information from. When they cite where they got it from, you can go to your website, your insurer's website, or the policy handbook that you have and actually reference these policies. Usually they're online now, which makes it actually easier. Um, So then you can go in and reference them and say, okay, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Because at the end of the day, like we said in our appeal um, podcast, This isn't set in stone. This is policies that corporations and governments abide by. A lot of it is not, it's not set in stone. You can appeal it. And that's for a reason. They just hope again, that you'll go away, that you won't appeal something because that's where they make a lot of their money. Again, these are all little tricks that they do in order to keep it so that you will kind of go away. Right. Um, Yeah. And you'll just accept the truth over the phone, which is a lot of fun too, because a lot of people don't know that, right? Um, You want to have something in writing, like even us, we're going sort of with that too. We're like, but she said this, but she, you know, but she said that we can have this many hours and it's like, okay, that's nice. Where is your proof that this person said that? Because that person doesn't even work for the company anymore. She's moved on. (laughs) So, you know, that, that can be really a lot of fun too, but these are all, Honestly, Brooke and I are telling you guys this stuff because we've been through it. This Mm -hmm. is just from personal experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are many, many wags who are coming out of rehab and they're, they don't know who to talk to. They have no idea what to do. You know, you're still kind of in that shock phase where you're just trusting everybody to help you. And unfortunately, not everybody's there to help you. I know one thing that Robin always says to us, um, is, it's it's kind of it's important to understand that when an accident happens or when someone gets injured and you're insured under government or whatever you're insured under um the insurer's job is to cover whatever 
you need in, that has to do with your injury. So Robin always talks about how there are things that you would never even consider that could come up months later that stem from your injury um, that should have been covered or that should be covered, but that may not be covered if you settle too early or if you you agree on something too early without thinking about the long-term ramifications. This, again, is where a lawyer comes in really handy because they can kind of see long-term. Um, and again, most lawyers don't take the money up front, especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with like bigger claims, even if you don't have a big claim, even if it's not like millions of dollars, which a lot aren't, it's still worth it because you're getting, we'll get more than, than what you would get if you didn't have a lawyer. If you're on your own. (laughs) But there's so many other expenses that could come up. Like, let's just say your partner has traumatic stress from his accident. That usually doesn't come up until years down the road. And you're not going to know that at the beginning. So you may not be covered for things like mental health support or counseling that stem from the injury. I remember uh, a couple of like, oh, maybe a year and a half ago, I was going over my husband's because all his information is online under his claim file. And I was looking at the homepage of his claim file and I saw that there were some conditions that he has that he deals with on a regular basis, like spasticity and nerve pain. And they weren't listed as conditions on his file. So these are important things. You have to constantly be looking at these things because even his initial diagnosis of like C4 spinal cord injury, there's a lot of things that don't get taken into consideration. So after Mm -hmm. I saw that on the homepage, I was like, what about spasms? What about your left shoulder pain? What about your chronic pain? What about your lack of sleep due to your spinal cord injury? What about all that? And so as soon as he brought that up to his case manager, they were like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll so we'll assess that now. So he had a big long four hour appointment with a psychologist. He had uh, um, another appointment with two other specialists so that they could quote diagnose him on these secondary conditions. And we all know about secondary conditions and how it's not usually the spinal cord injury that is the biggest bummer. It is the secondary conditions totally. that come along with it, right? Yeah. And so after he got diagnosed right. officially with all of those things, then he got them listed on the file and that just opens him up to more coverage for certain things down the road and for less denials when it comes to the secondary conditions. So that's another one of the, my biggest tips is make sure that you're monitoring what his conditions are on his file. It doesn't matter if you're government, doesn't matter if you're if you're private. Make sure you look and see what the diagnoses are because they will do the minimum possible for diagnosis. Again, these people are sitting behind desks. They don't have spinal cord injuries. They have million. They, they have thousands of clients. They you know they don't understand your condition and they're not going to go and say, oh, this is what he has. Even doctors, they'll stamp off on certain things that insurance gives them saying, yeah, he has this injury, but they, you won't take into consideration all of the other things that are associated with that, which impede your life. Right. Well, but you know, the thing about that is also a lot of people don't report these secondary conditions because right. they just don't want to bother. Right. There's a lot of the time when, when you have an SCI, you sort of start you're going through so much that you're just trying to keep your head above water in terms of everything that happens to you um, on the daily, really. So a lot of the time you don't even, you don't have the energy, you don't have the patience, you don't, you just want to sort of survive through it that you, it takes a while for you to contact somebody, sit on hold, talk to the next person, the next yeah. person, just to share that you have something come up that you're needing help with, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't have that patience and time or knowledge. So that's why you guys have us, Brooke and Elena with Wags of SCI. <laughs> Yay. And I want to add to that, you know, there's a lot of women on the private group that talk about being denied for certain medications. And a lot of the time you look at what they're being denied at and it's like, it was so easy to tie this to their condition, but they don't have the secondary conditions listed on file. So we always just go in and say, well, do they have sleep disturbances uh, listed on file? That's probably why they're not getting covered. And it's as simple as adding a condition to the file so that when the insurance company in their computer program are going through whether to say yes or no to a expensive medication, they'll look at it and they'll say, well, this is an under his claim. So we're not covering it. Even if your doctor prescribe this because of his spinal cord injury. If it's not on the insurance file, it will not be covered. So those are the little things that you have to pay attention to. And I know it seems overwhelming, but trust me, it's worth it. It's worth to have this as your part-time, full-time job for the first little while because your partner isn't going to be 
Um, he's not going to feel like doing this. His injury is too overwhelming. So a lot of us have to kind of step up and take care of this kind of stuff. And it's totally fine, but you're, you're spending all this time doing this and it will be worth it in the end, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, making sure that all of these things are in line so that, that you guys are both going to be looked after in the end. It's not going to be such a nightmare getting things approved and not approved. And let's talk about care for a second. Mm-hmm. A lot, we just found out, and this is something that I didn't even know, policy handbooks get updated um, sometimes once a year, a lot of the times it's every couple of years, and um, my partner's private insurance policy book was updated this year. And so I didn't really even think to look at it over the years. I just had the original. So make sure you're updating yourself on the most recent policy changes that happen in your insurance because they happen. And it's kind of like when Mac updates their cell phones, their, their iPhones, you, right. you don't really know what they're going to be doing. They don't educate you in it. They just give you a bulleted list of what's been updated, security features and this and that. You kind of have to find out for yourself. It's the exact same thing. So like I went into the updated policy book and I was like, oh, he qualifies for $10,000 per calendar year of nursing assistance. And this is huge because we're in a fight right now for, you know, obviously whoever's listening that has listened to our podcast in the past, they know kind of where Elena and I are at as far as campaigning for uh, being paid for spousal caregiving and having that kind of outside of being a spouse. So we're in the middle of that right now. And we're kind of fighting with our insurance companies about that. And we're in the middle of an appeal. And so we don't have any care to come in and assist with things. This isn't just personal care help. This is home care support as far as like, like getting like almost like a nanny to come in. And so when I saw that, I was like, Hey, I know it's not a lot because this kind of care costs a lot out of pocket, but it's something and it's something that we didn't know about. So make sure that you're updating yourself on your policy book. Every time it gets updated, again, they won't tell you when it gets updated. You have to kind of find it for yourself because again, you know, this is how (laughs) they make all their money. Well, and I feel like a lot of people don't even know that there is a policy book to to begin with, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I know this is a lot of steps. It's a lot of information, but it's it, it's there for you to look into. Like, you yeah. know, you can look into these things. I think that's the biggest thing is just like really supporting and really encouraging people that you can look into these things. And, and if you have questions or you guys want to talk to us about it, um, you know, feel free. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say the last little bit of advice that we have you know, all we've mentioned like our top tips that are the most important, but I would say thinking outside of the box is a huge, huge, huge asset. If you can get yourself to a place where you're not only reading, um, the policies front to back, but you're also thinking about them and thinking outside of the box. Again, this language is used It's legal terminology, but there are gray areas. And that's the whole point of having lawyers is they figure out holes. Um, they figure out gray areas, they figure out things that can be used to your benefit. So you can also do that. You can also empower yourself to think that way. So I I guess the last piece of advice would be to go through your policy book, really, really understand what you're getting and why, but then also think about the language they use and think about how you could use that language to your benefit. There's been a lot of times that, you know, we hear things like, oh, you know, I'm covered under your insurance and I didn't get that. So you think, oh, I can't get that, but it's just not true. Every case manager is different. Every single worker is different. Every single, it doesn't, it it matters. It matters. So like, let's just say you and Suzanne from California and you're in Ohio are covered under the same national insurance. There's a lot of differences that can happen just by area. So make sure you know your area policies. Make sure that you ask. So there's a lot of things about asking that are important. Um, You need to understand that like when you're asking for something, you have to ask it in the right way in order to be supported. And there's no harm in asking. So if you can justify something with a note from your physiatrist or your occupational therapist or anybody on your team that is a qualified medical practitioner, normally doctors have the most pull, especially specialists. If you have a note from them justifying medically as to why a piece of equipment or a drug or a um, adapted device or anything that he really needs, why it is medically appropriate um, and why it is medically necessary, 
and you request it that way, 90% of the time, this is like a statistical fact, and we go over where we get these facts in our um, appeal podcast where you can you can go and listen to that. But these are facts that come from an independent um, insurance. They, they basically, what they do is they're an association. They go through and examine all of the top 50 insurers in the US. And 90% of the time, when you request something the right way, according to the process that is laid out by the insurance company with medical, medical justification from an expert and a specialist, there's a way to get it. Um, whether it be you get it the first time or you appeal it and you get it the second time, there is always a way. Medical justification and doctor's letters are so, so, so valuable. But you also have to make sure that you are going through the process according to how your insurance company lays out how you should go through it. Sometimes you'll be denied by missing a step. Sometimes it won't even be about that the case manager says no just because they say no. It's because you did something incorrectly and they won't tell you. So if you're going through the process properly and you know the process and they've outlined it for you and you're going through that and you have a letter of medical justification and medically necessary note, um, you'll, you'll, you might get denied the first time, but you probably won't get denied the second time. So that's something definitely to keep in mind. So make sure that you're going through your, your processes according to each individual insurance company. They all have different processes, mm-hmm. but make sure you're doing it properly. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Robin said that that was like one of the number one reasons why people don't get things is they don't go through the proper process. Yeah. They miss a step or something, right? Yeah. And it's sad, but it's so true. Or you miss information that you need, which is a big one too. It's just, you kind of have to like make a little list, take it off. But, and I think the biggest thing too, is if you feel that you can prove something, at least try, at least try to come up with the letters yeah. from your doctors, yeah. the reasoning yes. from your doctors, at least come up with that because yeah. you can't get approved for something if you're not even trying, right? If you don't even yeah. have the information there, nobody yeah. knows what you're talking about. So that's huge. Yeah. And there's been so many times when, especially at the beginning, when I'd ask for something over the phone, they'd be like, no, we don't do that. And yeah. then I would find out that, oh, they do do that. Here's some people that have had done, that have gotten that, but yeah. they've done it in a way that they can't say no to. So it's, yeah. again, it's a way that they save money. I, I actually have a really good quote um, from this, this lawyer's um, Champlain Valley Law. And it's actually, it's actually really interesting. It's really true. Insurance companies have an entire legal team that denies and delays claims like yours every day. Their job is to keep as much money in their pockets, your money, for as long as possible in the hopes that you give up. Remember, insurance companies are amongst the wealthiest companies in the world. They know denying and delaying claims keeps money in their pockets. Even if they have to bump up the offer throughout the negotiation process, they are earning interest on the money and making a profit off of you. And I think what's important about that quote is the word delay. This is really important to note. If you understand that they're a business and you understand you're just a number, and as harsh as this sounds, they don't care about you. (laughs) If you really understand that early on and you approach it as like a negotiation process between you and someone you've paid a lot of money into, whether it's taxes or privately throughout your working career, right. you have paid into this fund. This is this is why you pay insurance. This is why everybody pays for insurance because of what you need it. When an accident happens, That's you right. need the it. The security. Somebody right? Has, somebody has your back when, exactly, you're paying for it already. So it's kind of like a savings account for yeah. when you do get injured. Yes. And other people pay for it too. I'm, you know, yeah. there's lots of other people that pay a lot, a lot, a lot of money towards insurance, especially when it comes to work claims, especially when it comes to big companies, they pay so much money to insurance. And yeah. this it's, is what, yeah, this is your protection. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and 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 making them f- a lot of the times they'll make you feel kind of bad, and you'll meet people along the way that'll say, "Oh, I just I feel selfish asking for this," and it's like, no, this is <laughs> you're right. You are insured, okay? Whether it's government or private, you have rights, and there's programs in the government for you when an accident happens, and you have to maximize what you can get because this is your life. 
Right. Well, and that's another thing is a lot of it is it comes down to quality of life. So use words like that, you know, use language like this is a quality of life piece for my partner to, you know, for any sort of independence or just living life in general. Yeah. And I think we are all deserving of that. For sure. And like, I know after an accident, you can get to a place where you kind of want to hide and you feel like you're less valuable now. And like our partners go through a lot, we go through a lot. But at the end of the day, if you are insured, and most of us are, we live in North America, we have the, you know, we have programs, we have private insurance for a reason. They're there to take care of you when you need it. And they are making a shit ton of money in the meantime. So don't be afraid to speak up be kind, but don't be afraid to speak up and ask for what you need because they sure as hell are not going to tell you what you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of information. There's a lot of cocktails that are being had after these reports are filed. We know that everybody deserves a little break. A lot of oysters and wine and croissant (laughs) eating. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be stressful, but what, like, again, what really, really helped me is just learning that you're a number. Yeah. It's not personal. You are a number, a case number. You are a person that, you know, they don't care. And if you really get that, you know that you can use this to your advantage. You can be smart about this. You can educate yourself. You can talk to people. You can get knowledge and know how to navigate this so that you don't have to face so much disappointment that can be prevented because, you know, they are companies. They are people with money as the bottom line and they have a lot of it. So and they are disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. But, you know, we hope that this episode helped at least one person out there. And even if it doesn't help you specifically with insurance, we hope that this helped you to feel inspired to educate yourself as far as what your rights yeah. are and what you should know about your insurer and how there, where there's a will, there's a way. It's Absolutely. very true. Absolutely. That's the WAG's life. Where there is a will, there's a way. For sure. And yeah, so we hope we inspired you guys. Um, if you have any questions, obviously, you know our email, wagsofstia at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. If you have any questions about this episode specifically, let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that's convenient for you. Um, if you are someone you know is fighting with insurance and losing hope, you know, we've been there. Um, we're in the midst of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a process and it's not something that can be handled overnight. It is something that is is a long-term process and like it or not you're going to be involved with these people for a while so you might as well be smart about it so yeah so thank you for sharing this space with us once again with Brooke Paget and Elena Pauly thank you for tuning in and being here with us and supporting the WEGS of SCI cause and mission and girl gang we are so so deeply thankful to you guys our community for tuning in weekly to the WEGS of SCI podcast and until next time have a beautiful week ahead cheers Outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetup led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.